At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Business of Esports podcast, the official podcast of esports. We explore the intersection of business and esports, one of the fastest growing industries in the world and the future of fun. Please welcome your host, Paul, the esports prophet, Dawalibi. The Business of Esports podcast begins now. From the keyboard to the boardroom, this is the Business of Esports podcast. I am Paul Dawalibi. I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, the Honorable Judge Jimmy Barada. For those of you who are new here, welcome to the official podcast of esports. What we do is we cover the most pressing gaming and esports topics and news of the week, but we look at all of it through a business and C-suite lens. We dissect, we analyze the business implications of everything happening in this industry. For our regular listeners, thank you guys for tuning in every week. Thank you for all the love. Thank you for all the five-star ratings and reviews. If you haven't yet, go leave a review on the podcast. Go hit subscribe to the podcast. Maybe share it with your friends. Uh, that's how others help. That's how you help others find the podcast. And uh, we appreciate it. Also, if you haven't already, make sure to tune in Wednesday nights. Jimmy has mentioned it. I'll mention it. Every Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, we do a live stream. It's a lot of fun. We cover a bunch of news from the the gaming and esports industries. Uh, It's a bigger cast. And best of all, we get to do it live with you guys. So make sure to tune into that every Wednesday evening, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time, everywhere you get business of esports content. Jimmy, how are you doing this week? What an intro, Paul. Wow. Uh, (laughs) I'm doing great this week. Happy to be back as always. Uh, I was in GDC, as everyone knows, last week in San Francisco. Awesome, awesome event. I read that the numbers were were quite down from the pre-COVID year. Honestly, couldn't Mm. tell. It was so busy. It was so lively. I am so exhausted still, even though we're a week out. Um, But but happy to be in my usual setup. Hopefully, my mic and audio quality sounds great. And um, and yeah, ready to get things rolling. How, how are you doing, Paul? You mentioned conferences. I will tease. We do have some, uh, you will see the prophet and, and the judge himself in person coming up soon. Uh, PAX East is confirmed. 
Um, so I will be speaking at PAX East. In fact, we'll be doing a live business of esports podcast from PAX East, which should be a lot of fun uh, and maybe relevant to fewer people. But I will be speaking at uh, Crypto Bahamas. So the SALT conference, FTX SALT in the Bahamas, also at the end of April. How uh, convenient. Case- <laughs> 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 um, so. If you if you just can't get enough of the profit, uh, there's a lot of ways uh, other than just tuning into this podcast, which you should be doing anyways. But a lot of other ways. Uh, this this means you know what it means, Jimmy. I've had absolutely zero time to try Fortnite with no building, and I'm actually really upset at myself about it because I've been waiting for this to happen. We got to talk about this, yeah. and I have not played it. Please tell me you've played it and you love it. You know, we've been so busy here at, at Business of Esports and at Holodeck. Uh, I finally got time to play last night with my with just one member of my squad so we ran duos updated it was the first time i played games in a few weeks now um we got two dubs it was a lot of fun the game mechanics are great fortnite is is still you know esports aside fortnite is still one of the best games i think that that's been created in recent memory the skins the i mean just the cars in the game the way they have like these led lit rooms now it's just it's so much fun you know the the when you dive in and you kind of have the different sky effects, uh, hang, I just, they do everything so, so well. The music, I, I just can't compliment it enough as a game, not as a business that we criticize often. And then we kind of pick apart here for fun and, and putting on our tinfoil hats and, and wondering why they're doing this and that. But um, played non-building mode. It, they made it permanent, I read yeah, uh, yesterday on Tuesday uh, of this week, the week of, so that was what, March 29th. Um, we had a lot of fun. I think it's back in the rotation. It took a while to remember the controls. It took a while to remember the aiming, which is always a little different. Um, Unfortunately for you, Paul, I think a lot of people are going to go back to controller now because the benefit of keyboard mouse was for the building. I am am, am loyal to keyboard and mouse, as you know, but uh, my duo said he he started playing controller halfway through the night because he said, what's the point? I said, "Uh, aiming? But you know how Some of the best takes, and I clipped them in our Discord, which, by the way, everyone should join. uh, Discord.com gg slash meta tv um i clip i took clips from xqc stream where he was talking about controller mm-hmm. and he was playing fortnite and talking about controller on fortnite and i think his take was the best it just it shouldn't be there right it shouldn't even be an option uh it makes no sense why you have the computer aiming for you but i get it you know when you're not very good at games you need that crutch <laughs> um and so you know i i understand why some people um less skilled than I may, may need that crutch. It's just, that's the unfortunate reality. Not everyone can be as good as me at these games. Um, so on that, on that note though, I will say, perfect I will segue. say, perfect segue. <laughs> we do have an amazing guest today. I want to, I don't want to waste too much time. I want to get to him. We have an amazing, amazing guest. We have none other than Brandon Hoffman, who is the senior investment manager at Samsung next. They're doing all kinds of cool things around gaming and web three. Can't wait to talk to him. Brandon, welcome to the Business of Esports podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Most important question, Brandon. Have you played Fortnite without building yet? I have not. Not without building. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I, I had jumped into Fortnite uh, you know, when, when it first came out. It's been a while since I've actually played. But ju- just for the sake of uh, having that experience, I should probably jump back in. Probably worth trying. Maybe we, we, maybe we got a trio here. There you go. Um, Brandon, for our audience that maybe doesn't know about you or about Samsung next, would love a little bit of your background, how you got into gaming, why you got into gaming in web three, 
and also just some of the cool things you're doing at Samsung Next. Yeah, sure. Um, so for context, I'll start with Samsung Next just to, to uh, make that clear. Uh, so we're the uh, investment group uh, on behalf of Samsung Electronics. So I think Samsung itself needs little to no introduction. <laughs> no, I don't uh, think so. so. <laughs> you, you know, cell, cell phones, TV displays, smart home and appliances. But uh, Samsung Next is focused on the software and services um, to complement those businesses. And, and the way that we source innovation, frankly, is from the builders and founders out there uh, creating startups, you know, the next generation uh, across several focus areas. Uh, that we believe are all relevant for the future of Samsung. And more importantly, their experiences that, you know, consumers of the end user devices would care about. Uh, so gaming, for instance, has, is one of those areas and has long been a focus, um, but blockchain as well. Um, and more and more now, things like Metaverse, Web3, um, and a few others. But uh, so personally, I, uh, I joined Samsung Next about four years ago. Um, before that, I spent a few years on Wall Street. I was at Morgan Stanley uh, in equity research. So I actually covered the internet sector, including gaming. So a lot of the big gaming publishers, I covered them. Um, and I mean, years ago, at the at the beginning, at least, of uh, an interest of gaming, really was much more on the personal side. Um, so like uh, like both of you guys, I would imagine, grew up playing you know all sorts of games uh, from from one console you know generation to the next. Um, my favorite games were RPGs, you know, so like the Final Fantasy series, for instance. Then, uh, you know, dial-up was was too slow to be able to have any type of online experience. So we'd go to the local PC cafe and and have LAN tournaments of StarCraft and, you know, Counter-Strike. Um, and then it was probably like Diablo 2, you know, at the house, whereas my first, like, actual online type of experience, you know. Um, obviously now, that was a couple decades ago. That's sort of the, the beginnings, at least, uh, of, you know, my personal gaming journey. But yeah, I've been able to, to cover it now professionally for years as an investor and on behalf of Samsung. So, Very cool, Brandon. I, I want to dive in, into this a bit. And like, I love the gaming background. And I, I think it'd be so cool to talk a little bit about, you know, what, do, what is a big company like Samsung? And maybe you personally, like, what are you most excited about when you're looking at the gaming industry or what's going on with web three and metaverse or maybe all of the above? Like what are some of the big themes Samsung's following? And then you personally are following. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for Samsung at the end of the day, um, again, we want to re- really see the ecosystem, right. And, and see it grow uh, whether that's, that's gaming as we know it and, and all of the trends there. But again, I, I do think that this next leg of gaming tied to blockchain and, and play to earn the metaverse, um, you know, a lot of these uh, new experiences that are still very, very early, right? I mean, especially uh, if you looked at it in comparison to traditional gaming, still very small. Um, but it, it excites us, especially at Samsung Next is, is more so the lens I take, right? So we're, we're more so looking at the future, right? What, what's going to be the next big thing 10 plus years from now? And, uh, and, and so those are a few of the, the trends and the themes within gaming uh, that we're paying close attention to and the type of investments that we're making. Uh, in startups. How much of your investment thesis at a, at Samsung next is driven by like how many more cell phones will this allow us to sell, right? Like, or how many more TVs or is it like, are you looking at them in isolation as if they could be new business lines for Samsung? (laughs) Like what, where does that investment thesis fall? Yeah. Um, 
so I would say that there's there's kind of a line between the two. Uh, the business units themselves, um, you know, who are again focused on on the devices, right? Um, I think they're looking at opportunities to just enhance that experience for the the buyers of those devices. Obviously, it's better if the next time they're going to replace a TV, a device, a phone, it, they stay within Samsung. And obviously, we believe if we deliver a great experience, that you know the likelihood of that happening is is higher. Um, but as an investment thesis, the more on the Samsung Next side, as an investor, um, take that into consideration. I mean, what type of opportunity, you know, best case scenario, could a partnership look like with Samsung? But that's not necessarily promised nor required okay. to make an investment. Full stop, you know, I and, and, and the team at Samsung Next just want to find the best builders and founders um, who are creating the future, who are, who are bringing innovation within these focus areas. And so, again, with something like gaming, um, really want, you know, to, to find those who are just disrupting the space, you know, and, and creating a whole new, uh, experience. And so that may very well make its way back to Samsung devices, um, which would be great. Or again, some of these are early bets and maybe it won't really pan out, right? Maybe, maybe the whole future of gaming won't change in one direction or another, or will, will, you know, surprise us to the upside or downside, but that's, that's the game of venture capital. Um, so that's, Really, really the way we're thinking about things. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. 
Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Would love to dissect two of these initiatives in particular. And, and Brandon, correct my ignorance here if these are uh, on behalf of Samsung Next as a whole or yours personally. Uh, but ones that, that you and I had spoken of the other night that I wanted to dive into, uh, particularly Board Ape Yacht Club and Sandbox. You know, what drew you to these companies, to these projects, to these communities? What application do you see them having in the metaverse as that gets built out? Of course, your definition of of what you think that looks like, because we're we're seeing it's not necessarily a ready, a ready player one element, that there's a lot more nuance to it. But um, and, and perhaps we could take these one at a time or collectively. What, what, however you'd like to dissect them, but two names that I think everyone is familiar with that listens to to half of what they hear coming out of our worlds uh, and, and obviously two eye-grabbing projects that would love to, to have that insight on, on again, what drew you uh, and, and what caused you guys to invest? Yeah. Um, no, definitely great question and, and two deals that I was excited uh, to be able to participate in. Um, Probably, yeah, could, could take them separately. Um, could start with the sandbox. Um, I mean, I think the the excitement uh, and interest with the metaverse was uh, probably started a couple of years ago, just naturally and looking at gaming and what was next, right? You started to see really these these behaviors, right, from gamers and users that it was it was more than just about the game, right? Folks would connect online with with friends with with others. They would meet new people, um, but you you would even see in some of these you know MMOs, for instance, you would see ceremonies like social kind of gatherings, right? Funerals. You've seen like weddings. You've seen uh, you know all sorts of these things, which are truly more personal in nature, and and you wouldn't think would have a place within you know these these virtual worlds. Um, but but that's where again behavior is kind of going right in, in, in the next generation of gamers and users are, are heading. And so uh, the idea of a metaverse, uh, again, yeah, to your point, I think there's there's good definitions out there, but I don't know if everybody agrees or everybody's got a slight adaptation. Uh, you know, my personal belief, there's there's not one metaverse in the sense that it's just going to be a wi- one winner takes all, you know, and it's going to be this one closed garden. I think the metaverse is one thing, though, one place, effectively, it's, a, it's sort of the digital representation of the world and experience. And, you know, from one place to the next, one city to the next, uh, you know, one venue to the next, you can have different experiences, right, throughout, uh, throughout the real world. I think it's the same in sort of this digital virtual world. Um, but, you know, from one virtual world to the next, there's going to be different use cases, different needs, purposes, experiences delivered. The sandbox is one that just quickly... You know, in the, in the early part of last year, when sort of evaluating the space, it just really stood out. Um, it stood out because of the way that they were going to market. I think Decentraland, right? So now when we think about blockchain, right? So outside of the Minecraft, Fortnite, Roblox, which has already shown, you know, again, the power of kind of these experiences, these virtual worlds. But now when you think about blockchain or decentralized and, and really just allowing users to truly own now that land, that experience, right? Um, the land from within those walls. Um, Decentraland, I think, was uh, obviously on the forefront years ago, over these last several years, and showed, um, you know, the demand that's there, uh, the fact that people would want to 
have experiences in this, uh, these virtual worlds and they would want to own them, right? They would own them, they would buy them, sell them. A, a very vibrant secondary marketplace had taken place. Um, so then when looking at the sandbox, now like investable opportunities, right, is the lens that we're going to look at. Where could we actually go? And what I loved about the sandbox actually was they were being very slow and deliberate with how they were even, you know, offloading their land. Um, they were they were trying to be as inclusive really as possible. Um, you know, it went from thousands to now tens of thousands of, of landowners, right, who individually own land. Um, the partnerships, you know, and the collaboration from even like the Web2 world, right, these, these, uh, these kind of traditional brands, if you will, or maybe non-endemic brands, right, um, participating uh, in this metaverse or this virtual world and the fact that Sandbox would bring them along um, you know, I thought was was brilliant in terms of a go to market, and again would create sort of this flywheel, right? These these assets, these IPs, these communities, but on the same side, individuals and people leaning in, buying, owning, building, playing, you know, within uh, this this one world, um, and then the team. Uh, so Sebastian and Arthur, uh, they come from a gaming background, you know, mobile gaming, user generated content successful in in many regards like tens of millions of downloads tens of millions of games created by the users uh but you know their their aha moment effectively uh in all of that was those users really didn't monetize right they didn't create really a livelihood or anything off of what they had built i think roblox had paved the way a good amount you know for a generation who's who's making some of their first dollars you know some of these gen z's uh in roblox but obviously, there's even more that can be done, especially when you decentralize, right? And you go on, on the blockchain. And, and so for the sandbox to sort of pivot in that regard um, and bring that tacit knowledge, right, from the last 10 years as game builders, first and foremost, right? They're not just like a couple of crypto guys. Um, they understand what it takes to build a game, a fun game, how to empower users to create content. I just thought it was all powerful, right? So in thinking about all of those aspects, uh, the sandbox was, was really, um, you know, a no-brainer at that point. Uh, to participate and again i'm i'm grateful that we we were able to do so uh you you mentioned also board api club uh brandon and i just want to touch on that you know i had i had seen or i have seen recently the yuga labs deck right pitch deck and and they just raised 450 million on on the back of that pitch and it, it what struck me was so much of that pitch was about gaming, right? Like they're going to go and create a game. Right. Um, and, and, you know, it's not so much about the art anymore. It's, it's turning these into characters basically in a game. And I thought that was interesting because you also mentioned in your intro, traditional gaming, you use this word traditional gaming, right? <laughs> like almost like we talk about esports and traditional sports. And so on one hand you have like, call it Roblox and Epic and, and Microsoft with Minecraft and Activision Blizzard and EA, all what, what maybe we would call traditional gaming. And on the other hand, you have, you know, potentially Yuga Labs slash Board Ape Yacht Club coming out with their own game. We have Axie Infinity. We have a bunch of play-to-earn games or sandbox-type games, right, that are blockchain-based where do you think we are going to land five years from now or 10 years from now? Do you think the traditional gaming companies are going to start doing, you know, blockchain based games and or play to earn games? Or do we think that 
they'll we'll we'll be talking about them the same way we talk about you know football now as a meat sport traditional sport not the future <laughs> right like w- how did this play out over the next five to ten years in your mind with sort of the future of gaming versus traditional gaming yeah it's a great question probably the hardest question admittedly <laughs> Uh, but a great question to ask a VC, right? Because this is what you're <laughs> yeah. looking at. You're looking at the future. It, it, exactly right. Exactly right. Um, I think, I mean, so I'll start with the, the furthest out. I think 10 years from now, I do believe that blockchain-based gaming will make a significant dent. And, and again, the massive you know, gaming market. Um, I think it'll be a bumpy road to get there, uh, especially in the near term. Um, as we know, gamers are very vocal, right? With what they want, with what they like, with what they expect. Their expectations are very high on developers and publishers. Um, and, you know, right now, admittedly, like mainstream traditional gaming, uh, things like NFTs, right? And, uh, cryptocurrency or digital currencies that aren't like in-game currency, like a robot and stuff. Um, it's not looked upon favorably by you know the the uh mainstream gamer and i think that that has to do with the motivation behind it right i think um someone who loves gaming loves a good game period like the game itself needs to be a great experience it needs to it's some of that escapism right it's some of that role playing it's it's um it's the social dynamics at play um it's the competitive aspect right um it's not focused on just earning an asset that you can sell and flip or just earning some cryptocurrency right and and that's not what traditional gaming uh has been built on and that's not what people have fallen in love with right so i think right now it's just an interesting dichotomy and that's why it's almost like a start you know there's well there's the actual traditional gaming as we know it and then there's this this blockchain-based gaming, um, which is trying things with NFTs for in-game assets or, you know, cryptocurrencies in lieu of in-game currencies. Um, I think in the next few years, you know, it'll be, um, it'll take some time, I would imagine, for uh, for it to kind of find its, its footing in traditional gaming. I think the big publishers and a lot of the big IP uh, will play an important role, right? I think in the near term, again, most will probably be hesitant. They might experiment a bit with something like this, just like any type of new game mechanic, or, right? Or, um, uh, you know, things like loot boxes, even, for instance, right? A few years ago was was a big thing, right? Um, eventually, you saw a huge shift, uh, you know, in the way that games monetize, right? And the downloadable content and microtransactions, and a lot of these kind of things, for better or worse. and and there's always been um, moments where gamers, again, are, are vocal and against it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, five to ten years from now, as long as good games are being made, maybe it's the current franchises we see today or some new ones, right? So, again, Fortnite, for instance, right? Like, ten years ago wasn't a, a huge <laughs> a game that you couldn't, you know, not talk about. Now, that's the case, right? Ten years from now, there might be new IP um, that sort of enters. Or there might be some current IP that makes its way there. I do think at the end of the day, if you strip away sort of the the financial gains, right, and the the incentives and the flipping and speculation and all that kind of stuff, 
um, it does seem like it would just be a better experience. And so that's just my personal bias, right? If I go back to, uh, you know, 20 years ago, version of myself playing Diablo 2, like, I would grind and build up characters and then sell them on a pseudo gray market, effectively sell my account, you know, or, or some of these, like, these, these, uh, these assets, right? These weapons, these accessories, right? These rings, like, you know, there, there's almost a, a little micro economy within games. And we've seen that, you know, and it's been grown into a massive business. Um, trying to do a hard transition into a whole new kind of mechanism, right? Of cryptocurrencies and NFTs will, will feel unnatural. It'll be unfamiliar. And so again, I think gamers like what they like. They know what they like. And anything different, you know, there's going to be some resistance. But if it, at the end of the day, you grinding for 120 hours in whatever game and accumulating, you know, assets, currencies, accessories, building up an avatar, right, or a player, and you truly having ownership of that, right, and the uh, the ability at that time, at that point, the agency over that to sell it or trade it or do anything, rent it out, you know, and actually get some passive income because someone wants to parachute in and play a game at a you know starting level of 85 you know that that took you again 100 hours to grind up to that just seems like for me at least as a as a consumer uh a better a better experience you know something a little more ideal but you know um but it's gonna be a lot different than what we're used to now so how aware do you think are the big because you followed the big gaming companies right as a as an analyst how yep. aware are they of like how how well do they understand web3 blockchain play to or like do they all get it and they're being very careful on purpose do you think maybe they don't get it um you know where do you think their heads are at collectively yeah um i mean i think from one publisher to the next again in terms of how they manage IP is just drastically different. Some you see are more willing to partner, right? And, and leverage that IP in, in different forums. Some they're extremely guarded, right? Extremely guarded. Um, and again, we'll be very conservative, I'm sure, right? And be, before testing anything. Yeah. In terms of awareness, I think at this point, right? Especially after last year, uh, 2021, you can't ignore cryptocurrency and nfts i mean you just can't uh it's so apparent right the, the billions of dollars of activity so they're aware of it you know uh to what degree they are going to have a comfort with the technology itself or how gaming like development itself and the mechanics are going to be tied into it what what experience should be on and off chain those are a lot of like technical questions and things that they would need to figure out especially at their scale right um but in terms of being aware of it, I do believe that they're all aware of it. You see Ubisoft, for instance, you know, be a little more willing mm -hmm. than, than others, perhaps. Crafton, uh, right, of PUBG, even just recently announced, right? So they're going to be leaning into Solana, the Solana ecosystem. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, that's pretty big, right? I mean... So um, do you think like a Gabe Newell and Valve, you know, he's come out and he said, you know, for the I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but like NFTs are all basically just a you know, scam and he doesn't want any play to earn or blockchain based games on steam. Do you think he's going to end up? I mean, what I'm hearing is you think he's going to end up on the wrong side of history and steam will never have these games there despite maybe their 
popularity in the future? Or do you think some of these attitudes turn around? Um, I would say, again, if we're back to the five-year mark, five years from now, uh, I think a good amount of those attitudes, Valve included, uh, I think would need to consider, reconsider, um, mm-hmm. you know, their positioning. Again, at the end of the day, gamers and users, right, of, of these these experiences of the content, um, they're going to dictate what happens, right? So really the question is, what will people want? What will gamers want, right? And so there's already proof that millions, but again, that's small compared to the billions who play games inclusive of like mobile. Um, you know, it's very early uh, innings, but millions have shown an interest at least, right, in this new type of experience. Uh, this new model, effectively, um, whether that's virtual land, whether that's Axie Infinity, you know, which really put like play to earn uh, on the map, um, whether that's buying things like Bordic, which by themselves, you know, uh, had little utility other than maybe social kind of within a discord or some real life experiences, didn't really have much of a gaming aspect until they even dropped a mobile game, you know, kind of, uh, again, sort of a pilot version. But it was actually, it was pretty engaging. It was pretty fun. You know, and that's probably early innings for them as well. And so um, when and if enough gamers, you know, start to want this, then I think big platforms and big publishers will give it to them. So so there, there's a couple of themes that you've brought up here that I want to pick at because uh, one, you know, community and culture, which we keep revisiting, uh, not just with the some of the communities that you guys have invested in, but in the way that you evaluate gaming as a whole and these trends. But also you had also uh, referenced uh, loot boxes, right, in the public scrutiny or perspective uh, of that technology when that was first released. Um, and again, tying this into Samsung Next in your investment portfolio and how you evaluate these innovative, cutting-edge softwares and technologies that do have some type of overlap or intersection with your uh, technology from Samsung proper. Curious now, when you look at these startups at these different companies, is it a matter of culture? Is it a matter of liability and legality? Is it a matter? And again, I understand there's going to be a weight, you know, some type of weight applied to each of these different considerations, but I'm trying to get that understanding from you of how you weigh culture against liability against perhaps maybe someone that's pre-seed or seed, or, you know, they're only asking for a certain amount of money that, that is more tolerable to, to where you guys like to get involved. But what would make, I suppose, uh, any one of these communities, any startup, any innovative emerging company, uh, many of which listen, you know, what would make them attractive uh, to you? At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, uh, great question. Um, I mean, definitely depends right it depends on the stage so you brought up stage as an example um there are some um not necessarily announced so without any names but just you know a, a, an archetype here uh there's some you know pre-seed right very very early uh investments that we have made or will make and a lot of times there what you're underwriting is the team right the founders themselves um and their ability to potentially execute right i mean really you're betting on the potential um you know that they haven't yet tapped into or manifested right which is which is very difficult uh you know betting on human potential right trying to foresee that um comes from really just getting to know them in the diligence process right understanding how they think what they're driven by motivated by the vision that they see as well as like more of an execution aspect you know are they thinking methodically of, of many steps ahead as to how they would actually deliver on that vision right so having that, that grand vision but also being able to um kind of take it one step at a time is, is a difficult you know set of skills to, to even juggle right but some of the best founders out there um have those so if it's if it's extremely early you know those are effectively the uh the nuances taken into consideration for an investment and obviously then the vision that they're painting um whether it's something we think is is novel right it's something we'd want to be behind we want to be associated with um so obviously you mentioned like a liability aspect before anything's really been done i guess you wouldn't really know whether there's a potential liability obviously if it seems uh you know like it's a, a gray area or something aggressively that might be uh sort of out of bounds and maybe we don't want to be associated especially then we're protecting our brand right we don't we obviously wouldn't want samsung associated with anything we didn't believe in or we didn't think we should be associated with um and so that's on the earlier stage but you know for instance again sandbox right and yuga labs were brought up um amazing team and vision but there's also it, it's been a, a relatively short period of time and in, in web three though one year in web three it feels yeah. like uh feels like a lifetime but there's actual numbers you know to back it up there's some metrics there's some uh a, a, a very um just strong amount of engagement that you've seen from the community right so this ties to to culture 
um, it's undeniable, I would say, you know, that Yuga Labs at this point hasn't uh, affected the culture, right? It hasn't driven culture forward a bit. Um, there are some people out there, perhaps at this point, who still have never heard of an NFT, let alone a board ape. But I think it, that, that that's becoming a very, very smaller pool. Whether they understand the mechanics or own one or even own any crypto, maybe not. But um, somehow or another, right? Uh, Yuga Labs and the Board Ape Yacht Club project, right? The NFT collection um, was able to to do that, and that's just kind of uh, lightning in a bottle. Right. That's just like creation of a, of a, a brand, a movement of sorts. And so you see that with the social engagement, with the activity, with the volumes. Right. I mean, billions in volume just within their IP, including now, especially CryptoPunks or Mebus. Right. Um, there's clearly supply and demand aspects at play right within this 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 small but fast growing digital economy. You know, that's that's uh, NFTs and, and crypto as we know it. Um, you know, so some of those numbers are just staggering again, like what this will look like 10 years from now, admittedly, uh, nobody knows, uh, Paul, as you said, that's our job to imagine what it could be, even in the 1% scenario that it is something huge, right? It is the next hundred billion or trillion dollar company, right? A decade from now. Um, that's an outlier, you know, uh, scenario worth betting on and, and wanting to be a part of. So, again, from a brand culture movement, you know, uh, aspect, again, both of those uh, properties um, are just forces uh, within the space. And, and you know, we were, we were proud to have Samsung associated. Uh, Jimmy, I don't know if you had another follow up question, but I had I had one that I, I wanted to get to before I get to your cross examination here. But a lot of times people reach out to me and one of the questions I get most often is, is it, am I too late? Right? Like I'm hearing about all this stuff now about gaming, about esports, about web three, about NFTs, you name it, right? Like all metaverse, all these big themes we're talking about. And the feeling I think for a lot of people is, well, I'm hearing about it everywhere now, so I must be too late. Right? Where do you think we are from a life cycle standpoint, both from, maybe dollars invested and total hype, right? Are we still early? Do you think, are we peak? Are we past peak, right? Like where, where on the curve do you think is web three metaverse, you know, blockchain based gaming? Where are we on that curve? And a quick anecdote to that, Paul, before we turn it over to you, Brandon, because I want to hear how it influences your answer. But to that point, uh, a regular listener of ours and a good friend of mine, Michael from Austin, I won't go into more details, showed me board apes when they were trading around $50,000 an ape, right? And, and to my, and to, to this question, I said, that's no way it goes higher than that. Like I've, I've already missed it. I'm too late. And obviously we know it went on quite the tear afterwards. So certainly missed out there uh, and kind of funny to see how it's exploded beyond wildest expectations, I think. But, but I just wanted to add that anecdote where I felt I was too late about, you know, what was that a year ago or, or more and curious how, again, to, to Paul's point, where, where are we in this life cycle? What, what can we expect? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think first, it, you know, what, what matters is setting your expectations with regard to your time frame, right? So if you're expecting to flip some of these things 10x in one week or whatever it might be, you know, clearly those are not 
uh, or, or they're not, it's not going to be easy expectations to meet, but never say never, especially uh, with some brand new project. But again, some of these that have already been fairly established, such as Board Apes, right? Uh, do I think it's going to 10x in a week? No, it, it won't. Um, some other drop out there where, you know, one out of 100 drops might do that, perhaps, but, but from a risk reward standpoint, you know, that's, that's a whole different profile, right? So, um, but in terms of taking a, a longer, you know, term view, right, thinking about over the next few years, right, I mean, at least I, I'll speak on behalf of myself. I mean, for the most part, when and if I'm going to put some of my personal money into anything, right, I'm either, one, I, I acknowledge that it's so uncertain and new that I'm prepared to lose it, and or it's something I'm comfortable with holding, expecting that it's going to be volatile because it's probably an asset class or something that's proven to be just that, right? Um, so you need to be prepared for that. Um, otherwise, it's, it's, it's easy to get scared once it moves in the near term down a bit, you sell, and then it does 10x, right, over the next few years. So, um, so first, it's just sort of that mindset. But I think if you have that mindset, right, and that, that, uh, that type of time frame in mind, I do think that there's a, a ton of opportunity in this space looking ahead. I think year over year, right, um, there's obviously been amazing gains, depending on one token, you know, or coin to the next or one NFT project to the next. Some are looking at 100x, you know, maybe even 1,000x. Uh, those are rare. Is that going to happen again year over year? Maybe not. But a 10x after that, for instance, is still very possible. Right. I think a lot of times, again, there's sort of this recency bias that's just so strong. And it always feels like, you know, if it recently moved up this much, then it can't and won't move up some more. Right. Uh, same thing on the way down. Right. Anybody who tries to like short, you know, you see if it, it fell 50 percent, it's not going to fall more. But it falls another 50, it falls another 50. And that's how taking a step back, you see how some of these things have gone, you know, peak to trough down 90 something percent, 50, 50, 50, 50, you know. Um, that's just, that's just how the math works. Same thing with stocks. I mean, look at FANG stocks again, like a five a 10 year kind of period, right? The movements that they had from, from, you know, one year to the next, um, there was always more to be gained, but a lot of people just kind of stayed on the sidelines. Um, and sometimes even the market as a whole, right? They say, oh, we've been in a bull market X number of years, right? Since, since the financial crisis, I'm going to wait it out. And they were saying that, three years ago, five years ago, seven years ago, you know, and clearly they, they generally just continue to miss. So like my other rule of thumb is just don't try to time the market and don't stay out of it, right? Like you need to always have some position within any market that you want to have, you know, some type of, uh, um, you know, exposure to, right? So if you want to have some exposure to NFTs or cryptocurrencies, I think, Get the right mindset, figure out what amount you should put in and, and put it in, really, and then be prepared to hold. So, Brandon, what's sort of a, adjacent to this? What's the one big publisher or traditional gaming company you think that's going to win biggest over the next five to 10 years that will sort of adapt to this future the best? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe adapt their IP the best. Like, who's, who's the one you would bet on? Which, which of the big gaming companies or publishers specifically, obviously, would you, would you put your money on? Who will win specifically in a blockchain-based yeah. gaming world? Yeah. 
wish I had the Jeopardy theme here. I was thinking, that, I was thinking like a heartbeat. A heartbeat <laughs> would be good to be playing. It's a good question. I, I mean, at this point, I would say, uh, I mean, just in general, Microsoft, right? As a player in this space and what they are willing to do to win, right? The the risk they're willing to take, the capital they're willing to put forth, the war chest they still have, um, the leadership that they have, the forward thinking, you know, um, like just the vision that they have at the top, at the highest level. And they understand how to fill gaps, right? Like content had long been kind of a gap of theirs, right? I mean, they had the distribution on the Xbox ecosystem. They had the infrastructure from Azure, right, on the cloud side. Um, but continuing to like double and triple down right on something like content and IP, which many would look at as a pretty risky, you know, it's a hit driven business. It could be, you know, like, is that the best yeah. use of our capital? And to see them willing to, again, double, triple down, uh, you know, Activision Blizzard, like after again, spending billions upon billions on, on other studios and publishers and developers. Um, the fact that they have all of that, you know, uh, I think at least shows the right type of thinking um, and willingness, again, from a risk reward kind of standpoint, what they might be willing to do. Um, so I'd be curious to see how they are positioned and, yeah, whether they end up winning versus maybe the, um, you know, the EAs, the take twos of the world. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I love that answer. Uh, I agree also. Um, a little bit. And, and they talked a lot about metaverse in the announcement of the acquisition. I mean, they, they did yeah. spend a lot of time talking about it. Um, that brings they, us guys exactly. to everyone's favorite new segment, judge Jimmy's cross examination. Um, Brandon, this is where you're going to get five, five or so, maybe not exactly five, a few rapid fire questions, trying to dive a little bit deeper into who you are as a person, as a business person, as a gamer, um, Judge Jimmy, take it away. All right, Brandon, real quick for you, a couple questions. Uh, first one, and you touched on this uh, in your intro, but got to know what is the number one all-time favorite video game of yours? Final Fantasy VII. Ooh. I don't think we've had that one. It's a good one. Uh, it is a good one. All right, Brandon, next question. Uh, when you're gaming, what is your go-to snack or drink? <laughs> uh, this is going to be horrible. Um, <laughs> I'm probably drinking carbonated water, which isn't too bad. Some sparkling water, but a junk food is, is probably like goldfish. <laughs> goldfish and some Perrier. <laughs> First time <laughs> so, I've heard the goldfish answer, though. That's interesting. I, I, I've got kids, so, you know, it, it, it tends to be around the house and <laughs> you, you can't stop. <laughs> uh, next question. What is your favorite uh, TV show or movie that shares IP with a video game? Mm. I'd say The Witcher. Yes. Witcher's been great. That's yes. a fan favorite around here. Couldn't have said it. Had so a many people answer, answered I Arcane, and I think The Witcher is the better show. Arcane was great, but. The Witcher, I was I was very surprised and yep. and can't wait to get more. Yep. All right, T taking a bit of, a bit of a risk on this last one. It's it's been hit and miss, uh, and I'm going to broaden it to two categories here. 
uh, feel free to answer both if you have an answer or choose your favorite one. Uh, first part, what is your favorite or who is your favorite Ninja Turtle? Second part, who is your favorite Power Ranger? Which color? <laughs> not, not everyone All watches right. these shows. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dated reference, so I could imagine. I could imagine, but I'm, I'm, old, I'm old enough. Uh, Raphael. Nice. And this is this is a this is a trick. The Green Ranger when he joined. When he joined, when when he was he was when evil it, as a Green was, Ranger, but he they converted him right, and then he later to he became white, white Ranger, right? Yeah, he but became he did white. To, he, he did he did go to white, so he wasn't one of the five. Tommy, Tommy, <laughs> Tommy, was Tommy, that's it. Tommy, he, was, he was kind kind of an anti-hero for a while, yeah, you know. He was he, he was the he first anti-hero, of, I think. <laughs> sort of join join the uh join join the good side you know but as a kid you couldn't help but uh but like him this is I an obscure was, reference but did you ever notice how he had the way better suit than everyone else everyone else did. just had like the had plain the had cool, like, but he had the whole pop. thing he had yeah. the yeah <laughs> brandon that was 100 percent as far as i'm concerned <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving it back to you paul i couldn't be happier with how that went <laughs> uh brandon thank you so much of course for being here if people want to find you follow you find find out more about what samsung next is doing or maybe some of the companies you're investing in or maybe send you pitches i don't know how can people find you or follow you yeah sure uh two best places maybe three uh, LinkedIn. So just look up Brandon Hoffman, uh, Samsung. Uh, right now, my profile pic is a mutant ape. Uh, so <laughs> it, it's probably even easier to find on LinkedIn. There's not many, uh, many who are bold enough to, to do so. Uh, but you'll see that same profile pic on Twitter. Um, so B Hoff or the, the handle is 0x B Hoff, B H O F F, um, or Telegram. I'm actually on Telegram on pretty much all my devices. and. And that's uh, where a lot of Web3 communities or just, you know, individual kind of DMs um, kind of happen there and uh, at Behoff. Very cool. Um, I love what you're doing, Brandon. And I, I think uh, you and Samsung Next are in some really great companies building a lot of what the future of gaming and metaverse and Web3 is going to be. So uh, very cool to follow you and, and see what you're up to. Um, and thank you so much for being on the show. Jimmy, thank you as always to our listeners and our viewers. Just a quick reminder, guys, Wednesday evening, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Don't miss our live show. Uh, it's broadcast everywhere you find our content. Make sure to follow Business of Esports everywhere on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok, on LinkedIn, on literally every single platform you can find Business of Esports uh, or Biz Esports. And as always, guys, don't forget, uh, the future is fun. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Business of Esports podcast. Check us out at thebusinessofesports.com and on Twitter at BizEsports. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.